0: Ion 2020 episode 186 Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, your host of Ion 2020, bringing you another day. In the life of the 2020 presidential election, taking a look at the Democratic primary. Uh, If there is, if there happens to be a Republican primary, I'll be taking a look at that as well. I just don't see that really happening right now. And then you also have the uh, Libertarian primaries and everything else that's going on as well. Well, actually, there's no Libertarian primary. I'm sorry, but there will be like a Libertarian. There will be a lead up to the Libertarian National Convention, which is in Austin, Texas, next year. And, uh, you'll start hearing candidates that are trying to get the libertarian tickets to start running at that point. And I think like in 2016, you'd probably start hearing about it about two months or so before the, uh, before the, the, um, convention that they had at the time. So I think the convention that time was in Orlando as well. And, uh. And then all of a sudden, Gary Johnson pretty much was a shoe in for it. He had a couple of other other people that were kind of running for that ticket as well uh, to try to become the Libertarian nominee. But it was pretty much Gary Johnson was the shoe in because he was the person that had the most name recognition. He was also the candidate from two thousand twelve, and he seemed like he uh, he he got a pretty good amount of vote back in two thousand twelve. But then in two thousand sixteen, he did he did do pretty fairly well. Also, a lot of Libertarians hate the guy just because he's not. I mean, I would say he's not, like, a a tried-and-true libertarian by any means, but he does govern in a limited-government-style way, so you can't really say, oh, no, he's not a libertarian. He's not as libertarian as you or I might be, but uh, I never, I I refuse to, uh, like, push people out of the libertarian party because they're not libertarian enough. If they believe in liberty, if they believe in small government, if they are on the bus towards liberty, I am with them also, no matter how many no matter how many mistakes they make on the campaign trail, no matter, how my, no matter how many Aleppo moments they might have, I will still be all in for them. Just because anything is better than the two-party system that we have now, in my opinion. Anything's better than the Democrats. Obviously, they are just completely off the wall right now with all the stuff that they want to give out to everybody. Um... Uh, through the confiscation of everyone else's wealth they want to just give out as much as they can and then republicans are the same way you know there's more they're, they're trying to do things also that are that are totally against what i my principles and what i believe in so uh anything's better than that in that sense especially libertarians who do 80 to 85 percent of the time agree on most of the same principles that i agree with so i mean it's like that's where gary johnson was at so i refused to just downgrade the guy just because uh, he had some Aleppo moments. He wasn't the best speaker for the movement. Uh, people knew that about him. I mean, he, the guy, a lot of times, is a babbling idiot, and people knew that about him. I mean, that, that wasn't anything new. You knew it when you saw him on the Republican debate stage in 2012. So, I don't see anybody that has the same kind of name recognition, though, that is going to be running for the, Dem- for the Libertarian ticket right now I haven't heard too much going on about any of these libertarians, to be honest with you. And not that I am, like, involved in every single libertarian group. I don't really read every single libertarian post. I don't really, I mean, I, I do follow the news pretty closely on this stuff, too. And nobody may, there's no newsmakers out there. There's people that have announced that they're running. There's people that have announced it, but it's not like they're out there making their rounds or anything like that. It doesn't seem like to me. But, you know what? Who am I? I'm just some guy that works every day and uh, and tries to make sure that I stay up on the news of what's going on with the 2020 election. Now, I am totally up on the Democrats. I, t- I, I know everything about the Democrats, it seems like to me. I feel like an expert on Democratic policy, which really stinks because I hate Democratic policy. But that's what I've been focusing on during this entire, pretty much this nine months or so since I started this thing is... I have to focus on Democrats because they're, they're the only ones that are making news right now with their primaries that are going on. And it's just, I've said it in the past and I say it again, it's very, very, very hard to watch it. It's very hard to listen to these people. And sometimes it's very hard to come up with topics to talk about on this show because of it. Because we all know that these people are just unprincipled and they're just trying to buy votes. And they're just trying to make... As many promises to the American public as, as they can, in order to figure out some way to get somebody else to vote for them, because they're kind of at a stalemate right now. Joe Biden's right around thirty percent. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders around twenty percent, and then everyone else is kind of, you know, falling in line behind that with with less than ten percent of the vote, pretty much. And that's pretty much where they're at. So, uh, but today. I actually found something really interesting I wanted to read to you guys, and then I'll give you some of my thoughts on that, okay? So, um, it's a, from the Libertarian Party, and it was posted on Facebook, and I actually posted it to my entire uh, Facebook, like all my friends and everything. I just posted it as a public post, because I think that it's pretty important, and I just thought it was an interesting little read. So, I'm going to read that to you, but first, you know what? I don't know if you know this, but five-star ratings and reviews are some are, are very important to the podcasting world, in order to get your show out there, get your name recognition out there, get people when they're searching for podcasts within the libertarian movement and so forth, your podcast will come up. So, uh, I I appreciate anyone that has done that so far, giving me those five star ratings and reviews. I've had uh, I've had several of those. I've had some bad ones as well. I've had some one star reviews, which uh, I think it's a lot of times it's just because people that are if I'm critiquing, you know, Andrew Yang. And I say something bad, well, his people are online and they're willing to go out and do that. So uh, that's I, I see some of those one-star ratings coming and stuff like that. Uh, that's fine. I'm going to keep on pushing forward every single day. And hopefully I can beg you guys to give me a five-star rating review so that we can get this get this show out to more people as well. Because we're, we're building a movement here, you know? I feel like that. Uh, we're building a movement in the sense that we're trying to change the culture and the way that people look. Ex- uh, interact with their government, the expectations they have of their government, right? You're out there talking to your friends about it, you're out there talking to your family about libertarian ideals, our principles, and so forth. If you're out there talking to your friends and your family about it, they're going to start seeing limited government as a good thing, and then they're going to stop expecting so much from their politicians. And then that'll spread out to other people until, you know, you're one person, you talk to five people, and they each talk to five people, you have 25 people. 25 people go talk to 5 people, they have 125 people. Exponential growth at that point, you know? But you have to start with you, and that's what we're doing, right? We're building a movement to move this thing forward, so bring your friends to the show, give me a five-star rating and review, and then um, if it's your first time listening, hey, you know what, come on back tomorrow, I, I, I invite you to come back tomorrow and continue to listen to the show, whether you agree with me or not. I'm all, you know, I, I'm open to people that might have different views as well. Email me if you want to, and let me know your views on the elections okay i'm open to that stuff i love hearing about other people's views i love the conversation that we can have going forward because we're doing it in a a spirit of peace we're doing in a spirit of of learning right when we're talking to people about the libertarian ideals but i'm listening to their ideal ideas also we could all come together in that way but if we just if we all depend upon government then we're not that, you know, if we're all dependent upon government, then we're not having it in a spirit of peace, because the government does things through violence, the government does things through laws, and force, and if you don't follow those laws, and you don't follow their force, then they're going to put you in cage, and if you resist that, then they will go as far as, you know, hog tying you, and even killing you, if they had to, so, um, we're doing it in a spirit of peace. So go ahead if you like what you hear. Subscribe to the show and then come back. Come on back tomorrow, okay? I'd love to see, love to see more people continue to listen to the show. I see the numbers growing every single day, and I think that is amazing. So let me go ahead and talk about one thing today that I wanted to uh, share with you guys, and it's from the Libertarian Party, and it was posted today. Uh, it says every day, a host of Democrat contenders for the White House promote their grand new ideas for the federal government. They promise to pay for college education, health insurance for all, universal basic income, and countless other products, or programs, I'm sorry. When pressed on how to pay for them, they often deflect by claiming they'll make the corporations and rich pay their fair share. Ignoring the fact that taxing those groups even near 100% wouldn't be enough to fund the government for even a year before their new programs. We see similar things coming from the Trump administration with an entirely different set of partisan spending programs that have led to over $1 trillion in annual deficits. Both the Republicans and Democrats just keep swiping the credit card even though the bank account is empty. This isn't sustainable. We haven't had a balanced budget in almost 20 years. We'll pay more on debt interest next year than all education spending combined. It's irresponsible, and it's condemning our future generations to unimaginable economic hardship. They deserve better. We deserve better. It's time to elect public servants that won't keep kicking the can down the road. It's time to elect a libertarians. It's time to elect libertarians. I think that that is completely true. And I don't say libertarians in the big L sense. I say libertarians... In the small-l sense, right? We need to be electing libertarians, people that have libertarian principles, whether they're Republican, Democrat, or Libertarian. But the key is this, guys, thinking about it. We can win big in the Senate and in the House and in the presidency, right? But that's a very unlikely scenario that can happen for the Libertarian Party, But on the libertarian side, we could win big on the local level. We can win big at a state level. We can run libertarians in these positions, and then that's going to catapult them to the next level. So if we support those libertarians that are running on our local level, at a state level... It's important for them because that's going to be their springboard into the into the big time, right? That's going to be their springboarding to get in into Washington. Washington is controlled, and all of politics in general is controlled by the Republicans and the Democrats, but we do have the ability to get people into office at the local level. And you know what? We might even have the ability to get people into office at the at the national level if we just all push forward in that and you know you do have like the libertarian leaning people like thomas massey um and there's a few other like Rand paul like those are people that have won senate seats and they are libertarian in their you know they're republican in name only in the sense that they are libertarian in most of their views now we always criticize Rand paul for every stupid thing that he does but he does way more good than bad. I mean, if he does 98% good and 2% bad, you can't fault him for those 2% bad. Because maybe that's just trying to build some some bridges with another party in some way so he can get other stuff done. Who knows? Obviously, we don't want to compromise our principles, but there is thing, there are things that he does that may you may not agree with, but you know what? He's there doing it, and uh, you don't know every decision that he has to make on that but we criticize him so heavily when the reality is is this guy is ron paul's son like he is almost as pri- i mean he is principled in most of his stances if you listen to him talk same thing with the, like the thomas massey's of the world as well these are principled libertarians that are there as republicans but we can start electing those types of people because what's what we've been doing is not working we have de- democrats and republicans Democrats are going to spend just as much as Republicans. Republicans are going to spend just as much as Democrats. They're all going to keep on spending. We have a $1 trillion deficit this year. $1 trillion. Donald Trump has done nothing to stop that. Yet, he campaigned on, you know... Actually, I don't know that he campaigned on the deficit. He didn't campaign on that stuff. But I I do remember that he said... By the end of his first term, he would have the deficit cut in half or, you know, end the deficit or something like that. Now, obviously, he did the tax cuts, and that's something that has added to the deficit because the revenue has gone down to the government. I'm kind of torn on that because I think tax, tax cuts are important, but it has to come with spending cuts also. I've always felt that way. You have to continue it with spending cuts also. If you're just going to do the tax, cut, tax cuts... Then that revenue that goes away ends up being borrowed to make up for the difference, and who are we borrowing that from? Yeah, we borrow a lot from the people of America through Treasury bonds, and we buy and we do it through corporations buying Treasury bonds and different um, financial institutions buying Treasury bonds. But a lot of those go to foreign entities as well, like Japan and China and so forth. So we begin to become dependent upon that debt rather than leaving taxes alone, and working on cutting spending. I don't know. I'm torn on those things, obviously, because it's, it's such a huge bureaucracy that we have. But we, what we should be doing every day is getting out there, changing the culture that we live in, right? Because the Democrats and the Republicans are not going to change this unless we force them to. That's the only way that'll happen, guys. That's it. That's the only way it'll happen. So listen to that. Let me read this entire thing one more time for you, because I think it's very important what was said there, okay? And then I'm going to go ahead and finish off the show. Every day, a host of Democrat contenders for the White House promote their grand new ideas for the federal government. They promise to pay for college education, health insurance for all, universal basic income, and countless other programs. It's totally true guys. they are just promising the world. They're promising the world and none of them have any plans on how to pay for it. They just continue to want to rack up the debt. that's just the way they are. and uh, that's what we're le- looking at. If they become the pre- if they win the presidency, that's what we're gonna be looking at. When pressed on then going on, when pressed on how to pay for them, they often deflect by claiming they'll make the corporations and the rich pay their fair share. When they say the corporations and they're rich, the corporations paying their fair share, that money gets passed on. Any taxes that corporations pay, you guys know this, gets passed on to the consumer. Because corporations don't pay taxes, consumers do. And that's through higher prices at that point. So it shows socializes the cost of their corporation in some way, where we all pay for it, right? So don't tax the corporations at all in that world. So then we say, it says claiming they'll make the corporations and rich pay their fair share. Ignoring the fact that taxing those groups even near 100% wouldn't be enough to fund the government for even a year before their new programs. Before their new programs. That's the key word. For a year before their new programs. And if they wanted their $3 trillion in different programs going on, then they're going to have to tax them at 200%. How do you tax someone for money that they don't have, Right. What are you going to do? They make a million dollars, are you going to tax them too? That's impossible, guys. That's impossible. We see something similar coming from the Trump administration. It's true, guys, with an entirely different set of partisan spending programs that have led to over $1 trillion in annual deficits. So what are the partisan spending programs that, he's, that they're talking about with Trump? It's the military budget. The military just continues to get more and more in its budget. And then Trump is not looking to cut anything like Social Security or Medicare or anything like that, but the three main parts of the budget is Social Security, Medicare, and the military. Those are like the three largest parts of the government. Social Security, Medicare can't go away. They're only going to grow. The only place you can really cut is the is the, is the the military. And then also servicing the debt is like a huge part of it as well. But that's his partisan programs, right? And also the tax cut that he that he got initiated. Now, like I said, I'm for tax cuts, but it needs to be come along with spending cuts as well. But if you look at the budget, like I said, when you look at the budget, there's not much to cut anywhere else that's going to make a difference except for Medicare, Social Security, Medicaid, and the military. And I think I did a show on that in the past as well. If you want to search through the shows to find that, okay? Both the Republicans and Democrats just keep swiping the credit card even though the bank account is empty. All the money that's spent, man, they get they, they bring in three trillion dollars a year and they spend four trillion dollars a year. That bank account is empty. Can you imagine that would be wonderful if I make fifty grand a year and I could just spend seventy. That would be awesome. Absolutely great, and that's essentially what the government's doing. This isn't sustainable. Clearly it's not sustainable. We haven't had a balanced budget in almost 20 years. The last balanced budget was under uh, Clinton. And then they have projected surpluses that went away once George Bush became elected because of pretty much 9-11 happened right right after he got elected. So then we start seeing the military budget creep up. We'll pay more on debt interest next year than all education spending combined. It's irresponsible and it's condemning our future generations to unimaginable economic hardship. They deserve better. It's true. The future generations, that's whenever you spend money today, or excuse me, whenever you spend borrowed money today, somebody has to pay it back at some point. Now, the government doesn't technically have to pay it back. They're just going to service that debt. But ultimately, it piles up and piles up to so the servicing becomes unbearable. Servicing of that debt becomes unbearable. And then how are the younger generations going to have to pay for it? Through a lower standard of living, that's how they're going to pay for it, and that's terrible. They deserve better. Yep, we deserve better. That's true. My kids certainly do deserve better. It's time to elect public service servants that won't keep kicking the can down the road. It's time to elect libertarians. I'm pretty convinced that if, there's, if you got libertarians into office, right? If you got libertarians into state offices, if you got libertarians into national offices you would have a situation where the can will not be kicked down the road that much further. Now, they did have, like, the Freedom Caucus in the House for a while, right? And they were the Tea Party people. They're the ones that got a few good laws passed that were, you know, forcing the government to stop spending a little bit to have less increase in the budget than was projected and so forth. They did get that stuff down. But then that sort of went away. I think that the people of America are so flimsy in their views that they go up and down. Like with the, you know, when when things seem like they're bad, then everyone gets all crazy about it. And then they're willing to vote the Tea Party people in. But there, I mean, they're, there's these waves that happen. And the people are asleep right now. The people that are worried about this stuff, fiscal responsibility, they're asleep right now because of the hypocriticalness Of being a Republican, which says that, oh, well, Donald Trump's in office, so it doesn't matter. Just like the anti-war movement went away when Obama was elected. As soon as Obama gets elected, the anti-war movement goes away, and nobody cares about Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, Libya, and so forth. It's the same way with the Republicans. They're being hypocritical because nobody cares about the deficit unless Barack Obama gets into office. And it'll be interesting to see. So you know how hard it was for the Democrats to come back on board with the anti-war movement when well, they still haven't fully embraced it, right? They still haven't fully embraced the anti-war movement at post Barack Obama. But imagine a Democrat gets elected to office in 2020. Will the De- Will the Republicans now, having lost all, you know, having having basically been hypocrites for the last four years, will they start again... Being fiscal or claiming to be fiscal responsible, will they at that point decide that they're going to start being against, you know, massive spending and against all these deficits and so forth? Will they go back to being the way they were under Barack Obama? I don't know. It might take a couple of years, just like the anti-war movement. It's taken three years after Trump got elected, pretty much, for them to start coming back and saying, "Hey, maybe we need to rethink these wars." But it's only recently that that happens, So we'll see what happens. But a Democrat gets elected, you know, they're not going to have a leg to stand on and saying, oh, look at the deficits. Because Donald Trump ran trillion dollar deficits, not under the same situation where Barack Obama ran trillion dollar deficits. Barack Obama ran trillion dollar deficits in his like, first couple of years because of the recession. Trump supposedly has the best economy in the world ever that ever existed in the entire world ever. And uh, he's running deficits of a trillion dollars now. So um, they'll have no leg to stand on. So I don't know that this is going to end unless we start changing the culture. And that's your job. That's my job. That's the Libertarian Party's job. That's everyone that believes in liberty's job. So all we got to do is get out there and tell our friends about this thing, start changing the culture, start get that exponential growth of convincing them, who then will go, turn around and convince others and so forth. It'll take years and years and years for it to happen, but we could also start, like I said, at the local level and get some of these people onto the springboard towards liberty and libert- getting libertarians elected, who will then spring forward into state office. So local office, state office, and then. Obviously, federal office. Go libertarian, all right. I think that that is a definitely a way to start getting some fiscal responsibility in our in our you know government, and it's going to start from the bottom. Okay, this is a grassroots campaign. Let's make it happen. But I appreciate you guys listening every single day that you do. Uh, go ahead and check me out iamtheempire if you'd like. Also, I the Empire on Facebook and on Twitter. You could also email me ray at iamtheempire And if you really Love the show so much. Do you want to support me? That's great. I love people that support me. And uh, you can do that at anchor.fm backslash ion2020. All right? Go ahead and do that. And then uh, come back tomorrow and you'll have Clear Vision for 2020. Hey, guys. I'm excited to announce the new podcast I'm coming out with called First Year in Sales with Ray Eaton. Now, if you're not a salesperson, then it might not be for you. But if you are a salesperson or if you know another salesperson, go ahead and direct them towards this show. It's going to be a show that is based upon helping somebody that's in their first year in sales or maybe even somebody that is in sales already and just wants to brush up on some of the sales skills that they need in order to be successful. I'm focusing on habits and also different Parts of the sales process in order to help people to become more successful in their sales job. So, like I said, if you know somebody that's in sales or if you yourself are in sales, go ahead and check out this podcast that's on all of your podcatchers, anything that you would listen to. And that is called First Year in Sales with Ray Ian.